Good morning. So today is exciting. Identity is a huge topic. And as we watch that video, I've never looked at the story of Zacchaeus this way, but his identity completely changed when Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. When he realized he was chosen and he was wanted, he no longer had to be somebody based on getting rich, being greedy, getting the money, right? He was a somebody. And Randy Frazee's famous line in this week's uh, Bible study lesson, you guys will hear it if you're in a life group, he was a somebody because the ultimate somebody called him his own. It's pretty powerful. So turn to the person beside you, and I want you to answer the question, who are you? Okay, so ask each other, the person beside you, who are you? What's the first thing that comes out of your mouth? Who are you? For those of you who already know what this message is about, maybe you gave the correct answer, but most of us would say, I'm a student, I'm a nurse, I'm an athlete, I'm so-and-so's kid, I'm so-and-so's parent. We, we identify based on what we do or who we are. So whether we believe it or not, the minute we became a Christian, our complete identity shifted. It was an instantaneous thing, whether we realized it or not. Our identity is so much more than our appearance, than our shoes. You're more important than your shoes. You're more important than your sports. You're more important than your marks, than your career, than your paycheck, than your failures, than your struggles, than your accomplishments. We are so much more than all of that. Neil Anderson says this, The devil can't change your identity or your position in Christ. But if you never know your true identity or if he gets you to believe lies about who you are, you will live as though your identity in Christ isn't true. Do I need to say that again? The devil can't change your identity or your position in Christ, but if you never know your true identity, or if he gets you to believe lies about who you are, you will live as though your identity in Christ isn't true. According to Randy Frazee, the one who put together this book, he would say that 13% of Christians in churches actually live and believe and act out of their identity. 13%. That's horrible. So my personal story about identity, identity is something that we're in process with. So I became a Christian when I was seven. At that moment, like I said, my entire identity changed, but I didn't know it yet. I had to be discipled to figure that out. So my identity as a little girl and an early child um, before I was a teenager, was I would have said my identity was insecure, um, in, in, um, not important, low value, inferior. I would have said that was my identity at that point in my life. I went to camp, and I had a camp counselor that would send me letters in the mail full of scripture. She'd highlight all these letters and scriptures for me. And she would tell me who I was in Christ. And I remember one time she sent me this. Um, this was a, uh, this is basically what's on your bookmark. But she sent this to me. And she said, Brianna, you need to read this every day. It's basically a list of who I am in Christ. So I stuck it on my wall in my bedroom. And I remember as an 11, 12, 13-year-old, I would read through that list every day. I'd walk around my room. God says I'm born again. God says I'm forgiven. God says I'm a new creature. And I would say it every single day over and over. And something started to shift in my thinking about myself. I started to see my value, my worth. I lost the identity of being insecure, inferior, not important, low worth. And I started to see I had value. And it gave me confidence to just be myself then. I didn't compare as much and all of that. But I still 
didn't totally get it. Because then I started to find my identity in my marks. I was a good student. I was a good Christian girl. I made good choices. God was using me. I had it together, so I thought. Um, I was disciplined. I was organized. I was self-motivated. I started to find my identity in that. And it looked healthy um, compared to what it was before. But guess what? It still wasn't in Christ. And so when I burnt out in my mid-20s, and all of a sudden, all the balls that I had in the air fell, and all the plates I was spinning dropped, and I started to all of a sudden come to face with the fact that I wasn't as organized and disciplined as I thought because I was depressed and, and felt hopeless, and so who wanted to do anything? I was falling apart personally. All the buildup of emotion that I had stuffed and never dealt with in my life started to seep out of the cracks and begin to explode, and that wasn't very pretty. So suddenly I wasn't this nice Christian girl anymore that didn't swear. I had a lot of anger coming out of my mouth, and it wasn't very nice. I felt like a nobody. I couldn't cope in my job, so I had to quit my job. All of a sudden I had zero identity. I all of a sudden felt like the worst Christian on the planet, and was I even saved in the first place? And it rocked my world in my mid-20s. And I went through an identity crisis where I basically was like, who am I? And where am I getting my value and worth from? And it was all stripped away. There was nothing left. There was nothing literally left to find my identity in anymore. And in that place, God did something very powerful in my heart because all I had left was I was Brianna, the child of God. That's all I had left. Everything else had fallen apart. So it was a very powerful lesson that I learned, but it was very painful. And from that moment, God began to give me my identity and who I was in him. And so it's something that the Spirit of God has to do in our hearts and in our lives. And so I want to pray, and I want you all to pick up your bookmarks, and we're going to stand up, and we're going to pray and ask God to open our hearts and our, our minds to what he wants to say to us today. And then we're going to read through this bookmark together, and then I'm going to give you two of my most life-changing identity pieces. So let's just pray and invite the Holy Spirit to come and to speak to us. And I'm going to pray out of Ephesians what Paul prays for us. So Jesus, we ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation today so that we may know you better. I pray that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened so that we would know the hope to which you have called us, the riches of our glorious inheritance in us, your people, and the incomparably great power for us who believe. So Holy Spirit, we just stand before you empty and we ask you to imprint by your spirit your identity onto our hearts and our lives. God, for those of us who know this in our head, I ask that you would supernaturally take what's in our head and move it to our heart today, that the Spirit would open our eyes and give us that revelation of who we really are in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's read this together. Don't sit down. We're going to stand up. Instead of pacing through your bedroom, we're going to stand in church. So who I am in Christ, we're going to say it. Even if you don't believe it, I want you to say it, okay? So we're going to start at I am accepted. Ready? I am accepted in Christ. I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I have been justified. I have been united with the Lord and one with him in spirit. I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. 
I am a saint. I have been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am secure in Christ. I am forever free from condemnation. I am assured that all things work together for good. I am free from any condemning charges against me. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I am hidden with Christ in God. I am confident that the good work God has begun in me will be perfected. I am a citizen of heaven. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I can find grace and mercy in time of need. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. I am significant in Christ. I am the salt and light of the earth. I am a branch of the true vine, a channel of his life. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am a personal witness of Christ. I am God's temple. I am a minister of reconciliation. I am God's co-worker. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. I am God's workmanship. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Awesome. Have a seat. Now, for those of you who don't know what to read in the Bible, this is his love letter. If you look through these scriptures over the next few days, this is just a taste of who you are in Christ. This is just a taste of what God says about you. Just a taste. This is who we are. And the devil does not want you to know it. He does not want you to get this. He does not want you to believe this. Whether I feel like this, this is who I am. Because I don't always feel like this. When I lose it on my kids and I'm not the nicest mom, guess what? I don't feel like much of a saint in that moment, right? But I am a saint, and I'm going to talk more about this as I go on. But this doesn't change based on how I act. This doesn't change based on how I feel. This doesn't change based on people's opinions of me. This is solid. This is truth. And if when you realize that all hell is against you, they do... The enemy does not want you to know your place at all because it will change your life, how you live. It's interesting that in the Garden of Eden, the devil went after, said to Eve and said, if you want to be like God, you should eat this fruit. Guess what? She was already made in the image and likeness of God. He was lying to her about her identity already, and he does that with us all the time. He says, if you want to be accepted, you should... Swear like all your coworkers do. Or you need to talk inappropriate, fit in. You already are accepted. You don't need to get accepted. You are fully accepted in Christ. But he comes at those identity issues in our lives so that we try to find those things in places that we can't find them. If I could just make more money, if I could just win the house lottery, right, Elijah? If we could just win the hospital lottery, then I'd be satisfied guess what? We're complete in Christ. We have everything we need in him, right? But we keep going after these things and we keep listening to the lies. Leading up to this message, the, the enemy is relentless. He's just constantly like, what kind of Christian do you think you are? Who do you think you are to talk about identity? This is a pretty theological thing. Maybe someone like Noah should be doing this who has a doctorate, not you, Brianna. And I 
I had to battle those lies all week long to the point where I wanted to phone Dallas or Dwayne and say, my week's too busy. I don't want to do it, even though that wasn't my excuse. But the enemy's going after my identity. And I'm like, no, I have the same spirit of God inside of me that was in Jesus. And this isn't about Brianna. This is about his word and his truth. So shut up, devil. You're not going to condemn me. I will be obedient to what God has put on my heart. But it's, this happens to us moment by moment is the enemy challenging our identity. So you have to know your identity first of all. And we can't know it if we're not in his love letter, if we are not in his word. This is what tells us our identity. If you're looking to the world to tell your identity, guess what? You're a loser, you're never enough, you're inadequate, you're a failure, you're hopeless, all those lies, right? But if we're looking to his word, we will know our identity. But once we know his word and we know this truth, we have to choose to believe it when we don't feel like it. And that's the hard part. So I'm going to talk about two main pieces of identity that changed my life. When you guys do huddles later, later, you're going to get to pick your favorite of which one jumps out to you and which one you love. But for me personally, um, me being a daughter of God, being adopted into God's family is probably one of my most favorite pieces of identity that's changed my life. You are a child of God making you his sons and his daughters. We know that in our head, guys. <laughs> we know that in our head, but what does that really mean? So when I accepted Christ, the adoption papers were signed, and I was placed into God's arms, and he said, Brianna, you are mine, and I love you. That's what happened, essentially, when I gave my life to Christ, and that was, that, that's what happened when you gave your life to Christ. So John 1.12 says, Yet to all who received him... To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent or of blood, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Yet to all who received him, you are not born into God's family. We like to tell everybody that everybody is God's child. God, everyone is God's creation, but he's not necessarily their child. We are born into the kingdom of darkness. The Bible says in Colossians, you guys don't have this on the screen, but it says he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son. We are born into darkness. We are born into sin. Essentially, we are born into the devil's family because of Adam. We have to be adopted into God's family to be his child. And according to John, it's by receiving him. It's not by being born to Christian parents. None of you young people are in God's family because your parents are Christians. You have to personally receive Jesus for yourself to be born into his family. Let's look at um, Ephesians 1, 4 to 5. And Pastor Dallas referred to being born again. And a lot of people don't understand, why do I have to be born again? Because we're born once into sin. The second time we need to be born into God's family. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again. Okay, and so... This version is New International Reader's version, and I love how this says it. It says, God chose us to belong to Christ before the world was created. God chose us. Say, God chose me. To belong to Christ before the world was created. You were chosen before this planet existed. 
He chose us to be holy and without blame in his eyes. He loved us, so he decided long ago to adopt us. He adopted us as his children with all the rights children have. He did it because of what Jesus Christ has done, and it pleased God to do it. Guess what? I wasn't the cutest orphan out there, and that's why God chose me. (laughs) And you weren't either. (laughs) The Bible actually says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It was in our helpless, broken, messed up state of sin that God chose to adopt us. And he delighted in us. It pleased him to do that. And it wasn't because we earned it. It wasn't because we deserved it. So if he, if I am God's child, if I am his daughter, that is my identity. So what does that mean? That means that I am wanted. I was wanted. I don't know if you knew that my in-laws, Ken and Pam Dolman, have four children and one of them is adopted. They wanted him. They chose him. They picked him. He was a brand new baby. He didn't do anything. They just chose him. So if you are wanted by the almighty God of the universe, guess what? You are wanted. So when someone rejects you based on how you look, how you act, the almighty God says, no, you're not rejected. You're wanted. You're wanted. doesn't matter who rejects you. You are chosen. You are chosen. I don't know if I'm the only one in the room, but I have lots of painful memories of my childhood of not being the one chosen. Hated when teachers would let two captains pick teams. That's horrible. It's traumatizing for children. Um, Because when you're the last one picked to a team, it doesn't feel very good. I was not chosen by the boys that I wanted to notice me. When you had to have partners in gym class or a science project, I was not the one first jumped to be chosen. Even though I had got good marks, they still didn't want to be with me. Right? I wasn't chosen. But the almighty God of the universe before the beginning of time chose me. That brings huge healing to my heart. And actually it allows me to not, not, I don't want to say not care, but be okay when I'm not chosen. Because even as adults, we can still not be chosen. Even on my, at, at my kids' hockey parties where I'm hanging out with the parents, I'm not the cool one. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not. Um, I am loved as his child. You are not... What's his name? Kanye West. One of his lines I saw on, on um, Facebook this week was that he is no longer a slave to sin, but he is a son of God. He, there's something that's shifted in his head about identity there because he realizes I am a child of God. I am a son of God. I'm not a slave. There's a big difference between a slave and a son. You are not slaves of God who just wants to whip your back to do good things and make good choices and do something with your life. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And it says the Spirit of God has been given to us by which we can cry out, Abba, Father. What does Abba mean? Daddy. Daddy is a very intimate way of saying. It's the the Brazil, not the the Argentinians over here. (laughs) Chanel will call her dad daddy. That's part of their cultural. It's so precious when you hear a child say daddy because that's intimate. He loves you. Just that picture that my mother-in-law gave of that father running after the kid. He's not mad at you. He's not against you. He loves you. He's going after you. He delights in you. You're loved. You're accepted. Um, Josh. I, I knew 
as soon as I started dating my husband that Josh had been adopted, but there was never once in the entire time I've been a part of this family that Josh was treated differently because he was adopted. He had the exact same love, attention, care, his needs met. He got invited on the same holidays, even if he chose not to come, um, as the rest of the kids, right? He was fully and completely accepted. We are significant as his children. I matter not because I get good marks, not because I just won bronze at Mustang Volley yesterday, guys. Congratulations. I am not something because I get a good paycheck. I, don't ma I matter because I'm his child. And that takes off all the pressure to strive, to prove yourself, to try to accomplish, to be somebody. Your worth comes from you being his child, period. If I never do another thing for God, if I never, ever make any good choice again, he loves me just as much as if I spend the rest of my life serving him. That's hard for us to get our brains around, but that's truth, that I am fully valuable in his eyes and precious and significant just because I'm his daughter and just because you're his son. So this is my name, right? This is my name. This is what's on my forehead. Why, why can't you? This is my name, right? Everything I've just said is what's written on your forehead, but instead what we walk around with and we act like is failure, loser, good for nothing, never going to amount to anything, ugly, rejected, right? Though that's what we put on our head and act like that's on our head, but if this is on my head, guess what? I'm going to act differently than if rejected is on my head. That is what God declares over your life, and that is what is true. If I'm his child, I'm also secure. I'm absolutely secure. I didn't earn my way to be his child, so guess what? I'm not going to surprise him one day by doing something that makes him go, hmm, I don't want you anymore. You're out of the family. I was never worthy to begin with. I didn't deserve it to begin with. Josh was a cute little baby when he was adopted, but guess what? He turned into a teenager, and there was days, I'm sure, that he wasn't as cute and lovable, but what he was secure in his mom and dad's love, no matter how he acted. My kids don't get kicked out of the family when they make good choices. You don't get kicked out of your, make, yeah. You don't get kicked out of your family, whether they physically kick you out of the house, that might be different, but you are still their son or daughter, okay? That can't change, it's not something you can mess with. You are secure in his love and he is never going to disown you and he is never going to change his mind about you. You are absolutely can have full security that you're his. Next, you belong. You belong in a family. I don't know if you've ever felt like you have no one, that you feel like you're all alone, you're the only one going through something, that you feel rejected, you don't quite fit with your earthly family or in your work family or your parent, hockey parent family, whatever it would be, but you belong in the body of Christ and you have brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, not just in this place, but throughout the world. You're a part of the family of God and you are no longer in the kingdom of darkness. And this is a whole nother message that I don't have time to get into, but you are a part of the family of God. Sorry, and you are no longer in the kingdom of darkness. The devil doesn't own you. You've been taken out of his control and given to Jesus. So the devil doesn't get, get to boss you around and lie to you anymore. 
Last thing, the righteousness of God. I am adopted as his daughter, but I am the righteousness of God. So our lives are far. I need a helper. Who would like to come help me? Liam, you'd love to come help me. We, we all know that we have sinned, right? My life is not perfect. So whether you think you've sinned a little bit, hold, let them see the bottom. So whether you've only sinned a little bit or whether you've sinned a lot, you are tainted by sin. Your life is completely tainted by sin. But we know that Jesus was willing to come and be the perfect sacrifice for sin. So our life is tainted by sin. Sin has to be punished. Sin has to be punished. That's just the rules. Sin has to be punished. So if Liam wants to keep his life of sin, he can be punished one day. And that's why people have to go to hell because they'll punish, punish sin has to be punished. But he has a choice. It's because Jesus came and was actually punished for Liam's sin and for your sin. He was actually punished. And he was willing to take Liam's sin upon himself. And the minute he took his sin upon his, himself, the punishment for sin was satisfied and fully met. And so this is really bad, Dallas, because me and my brilliance did not bring something to make sure we don't wreck the stage. So you're going to hold that over there. Okay, you're going to pour into here, actually. Can you do that and hold? Okay, so this is Jesus, perfect sacrifice. You're going to pour your sin into there without getting it on me. The minute Jesus took on our sin, this punishment of sin was dealt with, I took Liam's sin. Jesus, no, I'm not Jesus. I took Liam's sin, and now the sin has been punished. The penalty of sin has been paid. Jesus is totally perfect, totally pure, totally blameless, totally righteous. And I say, Liam, in exchange for your sin, you have three hands. <laughs> in exchange for your sin, I give you my righteousness. I give you my righteousness. And he, he now is seen by God the Father as just as if he's never sinned. When Jesus looks at Liam, he sees purity, he sees holiness, he sees righteousness. There is no sin in Liam. Does Liam still sin? Yes. But he has been covered by the blood of Jesus and he is fully righteous. And thank you, Liam. Let's give you a hand. And as a Christian, this is the thing we don't get, you guys. As a Christian, when we give Jesus our sin and he gives us our righteousness... We are pure. So when the enemy comes and says, you're such a bad Christian, can't believe you did that, God's mad at you, that is not true. There is no guilt, no shame, no condemnation. The devil has zero grounds to point at you and say, you're this. Because you are fully forgiven. In fact, God the Father looks at you the same way he looks at Jesus. Jesus is standing here, perfect, holy, totally pure. When he looks at Brianna, I am hidden in Christ. And so I am also perfect, holy, and totally pure in God's eyes. Do you guys get that? That's crazy. Sorry, but you're all staring at me with straight faces. That's amazing. That's amazing. Can you imagine if we walked in that? Not in a cocky, oh, I'm perfect, because we know we're not. We're humble because we know it's because of Jesus, what he's done. 
But if I walk in the fullness of who I am, I'm a daughter of God and I am forgiven and I'm holy and I'm righteous. I want to live out of that place. I'm not trying to find my worth. I'm not trying to find my significance. I'm not trying to be accepted by this world. I'm not trying to fit in. I'm not trying to constantly kick myself in the butt for, for being so bad. Instead, I'm just, no, I'm accepted. I'm loved. I'm forgiven. I'm righteous. That's your identity. That's your identity. So what I am going to do before you just talk in huddles real quick is some of you have never accepted Jesus. And so everything I've been saying isn't your reality. You've never made that great exchange. You've never given him your sin and taken his righteousness. You're still holding on to your sin. And that great exchange has to happen for you to experience everything on this bookmark. It's in accepting Jesus that we get, we become everything that this bookmark says in Christ. We have to be in Christ to experience this. So if you're sitting in your chair and saying, I, I, I've never made that exchange, I want to give you that opportunity before we go on. Because this is truth for us who've given our lives to Jesus. But if we haven't, this isn't truth for us. We're not forgiven. We're not a saint. We're not righteous. Because our sin is still there. So let's bow our heads. And if you would like to give your life to Jesus and make that exchange, I just encourage you to pray after me or in your heart. God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you chose me and you want me in relationship with you. Thank you for sending Jesus to take the punishment for my sin. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've done things wrong. And I thank you that Jesus died for my sin. I give you my sin today. And I receive you as my Savior. And I take your righteousness. And I ask you to make me your child. I want to follow you and live out who you say I am. In Jesus' name. So I just want to encourage you to take those bookmarks and do what I did. Post them somewhere where you can read them while you're brushing your teeth. Put them in your Bible. Take an, take an extra. We ordered lots. Take an extra if you're, you know someone really needs this. And I, as, just as we worship, um, I forgot to put this scripture up about righteousness in case you guys were wondering the reference that says that we are the righteousness of God. But just as we worship you guys, I just want to encourage you to just be honest with the Lord about where you're at. If, you've, if you're struggling to believe truth, say, God, forgive me for my unbelief. Help me to believe this. And ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you today and to truly show you who you are. So we don't want... We want you to have this time with Jesus to just allow his spirit to speak to you.